morning, folks. It's time for Democratic Perspective, brought to you by the Verde Valley Independent Democrats, a weekly talk show about the crucial political issues facing the Verde Valley, Sedona, Northern Arizona, and the nation at large. Join us for a stimulating, thought-provoking discussion. You'll get the facts as we focus on the challenges facing everyone. folks, Steve Williamson here. Welcome to Democratic Perspective. I'm sorry that we did a um, rebroadcast last week. Certain people didn't arrive in Sedona in time to do the show. And um, I I really miss that because Kathy Gansella is just absolutely great when it comes to talking about the propositions and judges. Um, we'll talk about it at the at the end of the program a little bit, but we're not the we're not up on it in the, in the kind of details that, that Kathy is. and uh, uh, But it's pretty clear we're out of vote this year. Um, Karen McClellan is sitting across from me. Morning, everyone. And over in the corner, silent Gary LeMaster is back in Arizona for a short period of time. And I guess you're going to be silent, Gary, because, you know, <laughs> we you could always roll up a Chair, but this is about Sedona politics, and you haven't lived in Sedona in a couple of years, so, you know, if it was about more national thing. Well, we have a, 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 a campaign going on, an election coming up. We have with us Scott uh, Jablo, Vice Mayor Scott Jablo. He's, um, he could tell you more in more detail about all the stuff he's done, to put it crudely. I mean... Uh, he is uh, he has uh, been on the fire boards, right, Scott? He, he, he's done so much. He's participated in so much. His knowledge of the of the um, of the city and the town is pretty is about as extensive. How many years now have you been engaged in stuff in Sedona, Scott? Just about eleven years. Eleven years. So eleven years of experience. Scott is running against uh, someone with zero experience doing anything in the public life even just basic volunteer work, it's probably the nasty, it's the nastiest campaign, let's say, that I've seen. But your opponent is a Trumpster, and so you can expect personal attacks. People have been, who've been at these meetings have reported to me and talked to me about the calmness which you, you've absorbed all these personal attacks and I think that's characteristic of, of, of somebody who supports Trump. I mean, Trump begins his campaign by insulting a, a reporter who has a disability, and he makes fun of his disabilities. And so you've got someone in your opponent who likes to make fun of people and who likes to attack. And um, you've been really even-headed even, uh, about that, really uh, not responding a lot of times to the to the non issue attacks. Yes. Tell us a little bit about that because people are, are complaining to me that, 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 that she's whacking you around and you're being nice and, <laughs> and whatever. Well, I think it's interesting. Uh, I've had this demeanor of myself to uh, behave, for lack of a better word, more appropriate. I'm a representative of our city. And I don't believe a representative should be yelling, screaming, uh, calling people uh, out on things that aren't even true. Uh, 
but that's her way of doing things. Uh, I know that there's a – I saw a, a video recently of her attacking Wendy Rogers uh, <laughs> down at the Capitol. Wendy's not extreme enough for her. Right. And, wow. Uh, <laughs> wow, that is hard to do, Karen. That's, I mean, that is, that's hard right. to come at Wendy Rogers from, from yeah. the right. Yes. Anyway. Yes, yes, that, yes. That's a real reach for I most miss, of I've missed that video. I'll have yes. to look it up. Yes. I haven't so, seen it. So. Yes. so I haven't passed videos. I don't believe in passing anything negative around, so I haven't passed it around. Yeah. But you have to find it on your yeah. own. But um, it got to the point where uh, Senator Rogers had to say to her, to uh, Ms. Armstrong, would you please stop and let me answer your questions? Because uh, she wasn't given a, 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 a minute to say anything. So I don't believe in behaving that way. I believe in you know the utmost professionalism. I've been a police officer. I was a police officer in a prior life for 31 years. You have to maintain a certain way about you. You have so, to be. So your police experience helped you to keep calm over exactly. somebody yelling at you and stuff. Exactly. People have yelled at you before in your yeah, career. I'm yeah. used. I'm used to that. So. Um, it's just, you know, be, behaving like that is not me. One reason, you know, we, we I, I debated whether to have her on the show. And um, I decided that it would be so confrontational because I wouldn't let her go for a walk on her Trump stuff. Because she's not a Trump voter, folks. She's a Trump ideologue. And a very nasty one, to, to, to be honest. Just very nasty in her attacks on on people that she doesn't like, which are generally uh, Democrats, liberals, moderates. Uh, and uh, in any case, we've never had a, a, a mayoral race. I've been here 19 mm -hmm. years. Certainly in the 19 years I've been here, I've never seen the kind of personal attacks she engages in being going on. And so that's one reason she's not on the show, if you wonder why she's not <laughs> on the show. I, um, I debated about because it, it would be sort of – Fun in a way, I guess, to to to, to get into a uh, an argument uh, about it. But I thought it was better to stick to candidates who are actually dealing with the issues and not misstating the issues down to a level that it, it's hard to it's hard to even respond to. Um, I guess, Scott, uh, let's, let's ask some things about where the city's going. The city has a new transit plan. How's that working out? It's actually working out quite well. Uh, within 120 days of its inception, there was 140, I believe it was 143,000 people using wow. it. And from what I'm understanding now, other cities and towns in, in Arizona have been contacting our transit manager uh. to find out uh, what we're doing, how we're doing it right. Uh, that's not to say that they'll be able to do it right. It depends on, you know, we're, we're a tourist town, and that helps a lot. So that's a lot uh, to add to the numbers. M maybe some of the other uh, cities can't do the same numbers. But we're doing quite well with it, and yet uh, at the two debates, I was told that it's not used. People, It's a waste of money. Uh, it's a waste of you know, taxpayer dollars and uh, of course, we run the city on sales tax, of which 77% comes from tourism. So uh, I think 143,000 in 120 days is quite remarkable. So yeah, I'm very proud yeah, of that. it's astonishing. I, I'm glad that it, uh, the program is working. Where's the next step, Scott? Where, where, where's the next get, step in the transit plan? Uh, we, we see the shuttles taking people to the trailheads. And... Um, 
it, it's a complex uh, issue, folks. You, when you start something new, you're going to do some things a little wrong. You're going to get some things wrong, and it also takes time to get uh, to, to get things going. And so, for to have that kind of usage right off the bat is uh, an astonishing vote for how necessary it was. Exactly. Uh, we have a long way to go, as you said. We have to, we will uh, be building a uh, a facility in the center of town, uh, right by the Y, where uh, different uh, legs of the transit system, the buses will pull in, and you'll change to get on a different bus system. Uh, that was just recently discussed last uh, Wednesday at our council meeting, and it's really sharp-looking design, and it's not going to be a parking lot. Uh, there will actually be a small park for children if they're in, waiting for the, the shuttles to come. Children can play, uh, you know, to get their aggressions out if they're sitting on a, on a bus or whatever with their parents. It gives them a chance to expend some energy. Uh, we have uh, two more legs coming, uh, or I should say two more parts of the system coming. Uh, a regular uh, full transit system through, through the city. Not a trailhead shuttle, which is what we have now. The trailhead shuttle is really remarkable in its, in its own right because during the uh, uh, pandemic, when it first started, we had tourism here like we never anticipated. We thought we were going to be hurting bad. Uh, nobody would come, but because California, New Mexico, and uh, – um, oh, Texas, I'm sorry, were, were closed, people were coming to – to Arizona and, of course, to Sedona. So we got inundated with tourism and traffic. And we were in advertising. We didn't do any advertising at all to destination marketing to bring people here. So the, the, the public contacted the city council. The public contacted city staff and said, please do something about transit. And within one year, we have this trailhead shuttle up and running. We were able to lease or buy land for parking lots, uh, get uh, – uh, these shuttle buses online, just, just buying them and getting them now with the, uh, uh, you know, it's hard to get any kind of motor vehicle nowadays because of the chip sh shortage. We were able to get them going. And uh, we're waiting now, as I say, for the, the regular bus system that will go throughout the city. And then we're going to do a micro transit system, which people can call with an app on their phone and have a, like an Uber type vehicle come, take them to a, to a shuttle, drop them off, pick them up. Afterwards, our, some of our residents are concerned that they won't have access to some of our trailheads because they're blocked off when the, the shuttle is working. Yeah. Well, I understand that, uh, but we now have this uh, or will have this uh, microtransit online, so they don't even have to use their own car. They don't even have to hike to the trailhead. The, the uh, uh, microtransit can take them to the trailhead and drop them off. And pick them up. And pick them, them up. When, you know, if they end up at a different trailhead, their car's not there. It'll pick them up wherever they are. It's it's quite amazing. We've we've been doing a lot with that. Um, yeah, that's amazing. It takes a long time to to get uh, a program that elaborate going. Yes. Um, what other issues? And, and, and I mean, I have a list of things that <laughs> I want to talk about. What other issues do 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 you want to uh, talk about? We have the problem with we have a series of issues, folks, that the city council, I think, is being demanded that you guys do something about it, that it strikes me as hard for you to do anything about ATVs because they've been legalized by the legislature. Right. 
What's interesting about ATVs, uh, Arizona is one of the eight states that allows them on the roads to drive. They register them not as a four-wheel vehicle, but as a motorcycle. <laughs> They're not a motorcycle. And I understand uh, from talking to other uh, council people throughout the state that south of Phoenix, they use them, you know, in the old days, they used to ride horses on their, uh, on their ranches. Yeah. So they use ATVs now in place of that, and they drive on city streets, and that's fine. They don't have their forest service ripped up and destroyed. Here, it, you know, uh, in the northern region, it's a totally different story. The ATV companies are actually advertising Sedona. Come to Sedona and rent and buy an ATV. Come and try one out for a day. And they're, they're selling quite a few, I'm understanding. So they're much actually so, selling them here as well as renting them. I right, didn't know that. Right. And um, what's interesting is some of the ATV companies are in uh, an agreement with the OH3 manufacturers and Every 30 days, every 90 days, whatever their uh, contract calls for, they're replacing the the ATVs so that it's always new and it's always sparkling nice and not dented and scratched. So people get a good impression of that. But the fact is that, you know, in our forest, our, the ATVs are just destroying and ripping up the land, causing dust that is killing our trees. Within 150, 200 feet of a trail, the trees are dead literally brown in color, even after a heavy rain, because the dust that's kicked up from the tires ultimately goes into the air and then falls on the trees and just covers them, encases them, and they don't get the photosynthesis uh, that they need to survive. It's astonishing, and I, I, I won't relay too many s stories, but uh, the, those of us who hike in the forest, it, it, the, the damage that the ATVs are doing is so visible. Um, an area when I was a, a Jeep driver until about, well, seven years ago and uh, drove all over the place. But an area we used to take people to, not to bump them around, but at sunset oh, yeah. to go to this beautiful, quiet area that <laughs> had a lot of uh, jackrabbits and, and, you know, the coyotes. And it was just out in the west of Sedona. That whole area is now torn torn to shreds. and. Right. I, you know, I, I'm not sure there's a critter there <laughs> during the day at all because, uh, um, because we, that, dip, that area depended on remoteness, going there quietly, getting out of the Jeep, letting everybody have photographs of beautiful sunsets. And and we, it, yeah, forget about the land in Arizona. I mean, there's places in Arizona when you read, you know, you know look at guidebooks about old trails or, uh, ghost towns where they sort of indicate you can see the wagon tracks when people were driving wagons 100 you know 150 years ago the way on the well-used wagon trails you can see the ruts for the ruts that the wagons made are still there 150 years after the last yeah. wagon yeah. and horse was actually using that as the road to get to Flagstaff or the road between right. uh, roads around the Verde Valley which were you know the places the way people use and you forget how fragile this environment is and, and how it, it doesn't recover quickly. So we agree yeah. about the, the, what the ATVs are doing in our area anyway. But what can the city council do about them since the legislature says they're street legal? How can, I mean, the city council is getting beaten up on some of these uh, social media thing just because it hasn't solved problems that... Uh, that are not solvable by the by the city. And we're a little town of ten thousand people. We cannot rewrite state legislation. Well, actually, we can. 
uh, oh, which is something good. that and it's not really rewriting. It's the way we change state legislation as a city is we work with our lobbyist organization, the League of Cities and Towns. And I made a proposal to the League of Cities and Towns of changing the state, uh, the way the state regulates OHVs. And uh, the fact is that let them be like the other uh, states across the country and trail them, tra- trail them from the, the rental agency to the trailhead. And they, there will be parking lots at the trailhead, and it's up to the Forest Service to have a big enough parking lot because they would take the trailer and you know, leave them there, and then people would go off on their, uh, you know, their excursion for the day. Some of the companies do that some of the time, but but mostly not. Mostly they're they're on the roads, and I, you know, as somebody who lives in West Sedona, I mean, we really hate them. <laughs> but I, what what bothered me on on social media is that the city council is be, getting beaten up right. and denounced, sort of like your opponent does, for things you can't do anything about or. Uh, it, People talking about ways that you could do all these magical things that would suddenly solve it. <laughs> oh, uh, Silent Gary has yeah. decided not to be he's silent so today. He's got his he's got his he's yeah. got his machine going there, giving us lectures on. Yeah. Yeah. And also with the with the ATVs and the things that's you know the the. City is only one of the many agencies and organizations because the obviously the Forest Service could look at some of these areas and prohibit motorized vehicles on certain areas. You know they've done that; they do that periodically. They they, they've been known to do that just just to let the ground regenerate and sort of say no motor vehicles here. You go over there instead. And but it's it's a cooperation between the city, the Forest Service, and the, the counties. Uh, the state land department, depending on which land we're talking about, that so the city is is only one of a half a dozen players Correct. and probably the least powerful in this. Another equation. problem yeah. that frankly it's hard for me to see how the city can solve the problem. And I know the problem with traffic. The problem is the city. I can't. I don't see how the city could possibly build the roads that were needed to to really ameliorate the the. The traffic. I mean, we can yell. Everybody's yelling and screaming. But this is a town of ten thousand people building a new highway here from somewhere, and when ninety percent of the the road would not be in Sedona, seems uh, right. a tough one. That's true. And uh, you know, incidentally, uh, I found out I was going through some old uh, agenda bills uh, back from '05 for the, from the city, and I found out that. Back in 05, there was a proposal, which I've never heard before. You know, we talk about the low water crossing uh, on Verde Valley School Road mm-hmm. to go to the to, uh, lower Red Rock Loop crossing. This proposal was by uh, – uh, off of 179 uh, behind – what's that hotel? Um, but it would take Verde Valley School Road. To no, but, but was that a different one. That, yeah. there, there was actually another one proposed in 2005. Okay, that would be off of uh, by uh, Mr. Kills in that area, just uh, north of Mr. Kills, and it would come out that sort of dead end by the Humane Society okay. on Sunset. The road goes Sunset Very goes low up. Traffic area. Right, mm. but it goes the road goes up. 
to a dead end to nowhere. Right. It's in, it's a, and it's an industrial area once you get out yeah, of the, right. the, the, what's the Yeah, my, my recollection is back then there were about, the, the county was involved. And there were about four different plans. Right. And there was one somewhere like the back of beyond area that would have connected to somewhere. And there was another one that would have gone somewhere between like the village and backbone that would have connected into Red Rock Loop Road. They had varying costs due to engineering. Some of them would have probably inspired blasting and various things. They were, you know, but they had like four possible routes that could exist in an engineering sense, not in a financial sense. Right. Back then. And they, so, yeah. and here people are, you know, rightfully so we have traffic, but traffic that is unmanageable because they're on state highways. We can't keep people from coming here. If they're coming on their own, Phoenix is the fastest growing city in the country and people want to come to Sedona and the Grand Canyon and, they, you know, they want to recreate here. They want to drive through here. You can't stop them. So here is an opportunity to put a bypass road. And yet, like everything else, people want something. But there's a, a loud voice that said, no, we don't want that. And they killed it very quickly. All those proposals, like Karen had mentioned, they were all killed. And uh, so we but yet the idea comes up every couple of years. We need a bypass road. Well, the opportunity was in 2005 to do such a you know a, yeah. a project. So because we remember – I remember that, Scott. Yeah. I was here okay. then. They were pretty much financially impossible then. Now, of right. course, only with the financially impossible yeah. is the areas that they would now have to go through have houses on them. Yeah. And, but in, back in 2005, there was some of these subdivisions were still vacant land. I mean, they may have been privately owned, but they were undeveloped yeah. back the then. The opposition but, was ferocious yeah. then, yeah, I, I can imagine yeah. it now. Got a question. Um, I haven't been to some of the debates, but I've been reading the things in the paper, and it seems to me almost to – a 180. For a long time, the debate on social media and the debate and the thing was the Chamber of Commerce is spending too much money advertising Sedona and they're bringing all these people here. Now I'm hearing some of your, your opponent sort of saying, well, the city should be doing destination marketing because this was not a good fall for the merchants and the hotels. I don't, you know, I'm sure there's more than one reason for that happening. But for years, we were, you know, the, the, some of the people that I know are supporting, uh, you know, Ms. Armstrong were also big about defunding the Chamber of Commerce, basically. And now that the, the, the Chamber and the city basically have done that, the Chamber hasn't been doing that advertising. There really hasn't been a need. People come. Mm-hmm. You know, we've already been, we've been discovered. We don't need to tell people about ourselves anymore. But it does seem that now there are people saying, oh, the Chamber should be doing destination marketing because we've got the people what, are here, but they're not spending money. What's your money. opinion on that? So what is, what is, how do you view that sort of argument and issue, this, the right. flip-flop? Well, there's a couple of things that Karen said that uh, – are spot on, of course. Uh, we don't need. We didn't need. Well, we haven't done destination marketing. Mm-hmm. But the fact of the matter is, do we want to set our own legacy? So we're not advertising, but the OHV companies are. So they're bringing people here, and they're advertising. And they have billboards down in Phoenix mm-hmm. to bring people to Sedona. That's not the right kind of person we want to have here either. We want to uh, a target. Uh, and when we were doing advertising, we were still doing this back then. We were targeting people who have high demographics, who have the money they can spend on artwork or shops or other events in Sedona, not just buy a tank of gas and drive through. So I think it is important that if we go back to, when we go back to destination marketing or whatever you want to call it to, to attract people here, that we attract the people that can help our city, not just bring a can of spray paint and spray on the rocks. So that's important. But what you said, Karen, is also true. Uh, the people who are supporting uh, Ms. Armstrong, very clear. I know the people, you know, some of them personally, and they say, 
we, we don't like the destination marketing. It's hurting Sedona, and yet here she is saying, I support the Chamber of Commerce, but she doesn't say what that support means. Yeah. She never goes, you know, completes a sentence that says anything that is concrete or, or doable. She, um, she seems to avoid facts and actual arguments. I think most people know, folks, that city government is a lot technical. It's a lot making decisions about practical stuff like a, a transit system. And so, um, another practical thing so that you just can't talk kind of airily about it because this is a tough issue is workforce housing here, uh, Scott. Well, and I'm glad you brought that up, Steve. This is something that is really critical that not many people are aware of something brand new. Okay. That, uh, you know, we have our own zoning and our own uh, plan, our community plan, and how we want our city to be uh, to look, as do, do all the other 91 cities and towns throughout the state. Well, because of homelessness and because of housing, lack of housing, even uh, affordable housing, where pe- pe- you know people like us here could retire and come to Sedona, you can't even do that anymore. The state has empowered a committee to go around city to city to find out what, why we're not building more. And there's a House Bill uh, 2674, and it will be taking over even more local control than they've already taken with short-term rentals. They want to take over local control and prohibit cities from regulating and restricting and limiting residential zoning. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Now, here, that would be more damage to our city than any of the other short-term rental, which was a, a deadly blow to our city. This would be even worse. Now, uh, what was interesting is there was a meeting held just a few weeks ago at, in our council chambers by this commission they, that is, it's going state to state, and uh, Ms. Armstrong wasn't there. She didn't. It would have been a perfect opportunity for her to stand up to this council, not city council, but the state-appointed uh, committee, and share her views. And she was not even. She wasn't there. And I, I thought that that was a, a misstep. I mean, she says on her website that she has all these housing ideas. And yet, if you look at her ideas, they're all plans from the city of Sedona. They're plans from the Verde Valley Housing Coalition. There's nothing unique, nothing that is a, a you know, a really groundbreaking for us to change. Hard to run against a candidate like that, Scott. It is. It and it's, it's different. We really have not had that kind of, of, of candidacy before, and we never have had that kind of personal attack. Um, and we've uh, most of the city, like we've had mayor races where things have gotten relatively heated, mm-hmm. but it generally has been the people running for mayor, certainly you know, council, whatever, have had city government experience, if not in Sedona. And this, it seems to me, that it's part of this whole current viewpoint of the less you know, the better you are. You know, I'm, I'm an outsider. I know nothing about politics, so I'm, I'm the best person to hire. We've seen that was part of Donald Trump's. We've seen it among the people. And it, it seems to me just philosophically, in many ways, a strange way to do business is I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look at the least qualified person with the least experience and hope that some new idea will spark in their head and things will be wonderful. But in this, in the city, when you have to deal with several different varieties, the city government, the county government, the state government, the federal government, you know, and having no, no experience within any of those or any of those levels of government is not necessarily a good starting point to vote for somebody. True. Yeah. I just want to add, just end on that sure. one topic. 
that at this committee, uh, several of uh, the people in the audience spoke, and they reminded this committee that had it not been for their removal of low control of short-term rentals, imposing short-term rentals on us with no cap or restrictions, they caused our housing problem. Yes. While our housing, uh, workforce housing was limited back then, it was only 4 to 5% back then uh, of, of available space, it was still manageable. But now we have people homeless living in the, in the forest because they're working here, they're gainfully employed, they have no, ba- no place to live, and they don't want to go somewhere else for employment. Well, I think that's an, uh, an excellent point. Um, go back to Karen's point I'm, that um, – the, the underlying argument of your opponent seems to be the less you know, the better. That Sedona City Council is so horrible, so terrible, so evil that if that, that, that really a good candidate is someone who doesn't know anything about local politics or local issues or, you know, local issues like how to pave a road or something. That, that really is, her, is really is her argument. It's certainly the argument of many of her supporters on social media. Well, Steve, this is very true. On one hand, she says that. And she'll say, uh, I have no experience, but vote for me, elect me, and I'll figure out how to do the job. And the next, you know, the, the next statement should be, but I have a strong city staff because it's a city manager form of government. I have a city staff to work on and to, to, to fall back on. But yet she uh, puts them down and says we need to change our form of government. We need to go to a strong mayor. Now, I'm paraphrasing now of what she said. I'm, that's not a direct quote. But she does have nothing good to say about our city staff. She and seemed- like she wants to fire some without even having the rights to do that. She seemed to uh, not really understand anything about Sedona City government when she started running. She appeared to think this was a strong mayor system. Right. It's interesting to see that she is advocating a system that she misunderstood that we have. Um, it's hard to imagine there, her on the council c- calling the agenda when we have six you know, brilliant older folks uh, uh, who have hi- highly technical knowledge of all kinds of issues. You come from a police background, but we have other people from city management background, other people from small businesses who set up a small business. We have this rich environment of, 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 of city councilors, and we also have a system that's, you know, I, I can't imagine. I'm, it, it might be fun to watch for really, if you're really in an evil mood, to watch watch her try to do the, to even run a meeting. And I don't think she's ever run a meeting. Well, from what I understand, and I haven't been corrected, is that she hasn't. She never volunteered for any organization. She's never given back to any organization. She never helped in any way to give back to her community. So I don't believe uh, she has. But I could be wrong. Okay. We have time for one more, and we've got to talk about uh, uh, propositions today. Okay. And we've dragged Scott into the proposition discussion, but health care, because uh, there seems to be a collapse in the number of doctors in the Verde Valley. I don't know how true it is, Scott, but I certainly hear that from all kinds of sources. People can't find uh, uh, primary caregivers. Um, there's a whole list of doctors that's left. What's what's going on? Oh, they last time you know our back to our program started the campaign early to save the um, 
the uh, emergency center. We started a campaign. The city council picked it up and ran with it, and and a lot of uh, and frankly wealthy yeah. people in Sedona got behind it. It wasn't just our lumpen proletariat kind of. Yeah, and our, agitated. Yeah, and our county supervisor for the Verde uh, Valerie has taken that up yeah. as a, as a you so, know Donna Michaels as a major point to, but not to see to what's Russia, going on. What, yeah. Are doctors leaving, and is is this what? How, how, in what depth do you think this problem is, and is there a solution? No. City council can have anything to do with it. Right. The solution doesn't come from city council. It doesn't come from the counties either. The, the, the Northern Arizona Healthcare is a private organization. And we can't dictate to them how to run their organization in any direction. But I've supported uh, a committee, a citizens committee, uh, where I don't sit on, uh, but it's a group of professionals, uh, mostly from the medical, uh, prior medical professions, who are assessing the health care that we have in Sedona, and hopefully we can expand that to the Verde Valley. I, once I become mayor, I plan on proposing to the other mayors in the Verde Valley to let's work together and let Northern Arizona Healthcare know how unpleased we are with the way they're doing their job. Right now, we have one board member for the uh, Northern Arizona Healthcare here in the Verde Valley. There's an open seat. I, I'm hearing that there is a, a, a person that's going to be appointed to that seat uh, shortly. But that's two people. When the rest of the board is up in Flagstaff, down in, in Phoenix, and sometimes, in some cases, out of state. So yeah, I think that sounds like a, a way to approach it is to get mm-hmm. all the other cities and stuff mm-hmm. together. All right, we should. Uh, we want to thank you for being with us, and I'm sorry we don't have time to hit you with more really awful questions. That we'll, <laughs> we'll, thank you, Steve and Karen. Yeah. I appreciate it. Yeah. No, thank you for coming here, Scott, and, uh, and and talking with us. All right, so and Scott will Scott will join in. Um, and the one that I talked to you about, Scott, was was and we'll jump ahead of the list because I think it's kind of interesting. Was um, Prop Three Ten, uh, fire district funding, and would create a one uh, percent statewide sales tax. Uh, it's less would, than one percent. It's a what? I think it's a percentage of one percent, isn't it? It's ten percent. It's a dime, I guess, on every dollar. Is it that much? Oh, no, 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 on every hundred. Every hundred dollars. It's a tenth of a percent, dollars. I think. Yeah. And um, you thought that might lower our our, our tax rate on the, in the on the fire our own fire district because we fund the whole fire district plus we got federal grants. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, I had a, you know, went, once I started hearing more about this and signs popping up because I wasn't really aware of it because it's not in the city. It's for the fire district, which is larger than our city. I had a conversation uh, recently with the, our new fire chief, Ed Mazoulis, and he said this would actually help us. <laughs> it would help in a way that ultimately would be able to reduce our property tax because the fire district is run on a property tax. The city is not. Right. So it, he believes it would be able to reduce our property tax for the fire. Our, our highest property taxes pay for the fire district. Our second highest pay for Yavapai College. We won't go there yeah. today, no, Scott. Yeah, I'd love to have that discussion. That, that, yeah. that is it's a, a straw point. The Prop 310, I've heard it in the uh, 
rural areas that are high in tourism, like Sedona, like Bisbee, like various places, when the you know, this would sort of spread the you know the pain you know the, not the pain spread the cost out because I've heard the Sedona fire de- fire department spends a lot of time like and the on rescues. In, uh, from from tourists who are injured and uh, doing things, you know, a lot of a lot of the things the people that they are helping are not tourists. When you're talking about the emergency medical side as opposed to the fire side, and that's true in a lot of rural tourist areas, and the visitors aren't paying for that unless unless they get charged for the ambulance. But this would be sort of a way of getting a little so, bit of sales tax so money that everybody pays. Let's yeah. go. Uh, sorry, Karen. Let's let's go to other yeah. propositions because we've got a little time to yeah. talk with. You want to. Uh, all right, Proposition 128, Restricting Referenda and Initiatives. Well, these, if you look at the, um, and, on, by numerically, the, well, not quite numerically, but there's four propositions the legislature put on the ballot. These are all things regarding collecting signatures for initiatives, enforcing initiatives, and various things on voting. All four of these came up during the legislative session. They, did not, they didn't have enough Republican votes to pass. But the legislature often does this. They can't pass it, but they'll put it on the ballot and then pass it on to the citizens. And, you know, you know, this, we, we've got something that's not popular enough for our own party to pass. Let's let the citizens vote on it. Well, they, they sound yeah. sort of terrible. Yeah, uh, 128. Restricting. Yeah. Well, what it, uh, it would require allows a simple majority to amend a voter enacted law. Yeah. All of these four uh, initiatives that you're talking about. Reduce the democratic ability mm-hmm. of, uh, of and, people in, in and Arizona. And you can add in Prop 309 along with it. That's also. Yeah. Uh, so the, Prop, uh, Prop 128 and 129 are really yeah. no's, folks. And then 131 or, or one, one, uh, 132. Okay, let's go to 130. Now, 130 is, is restoring t- uh, tax exemptions for disabled veterans. The Democrats at the Red Rocks and pretty much everybody su- supports um, uh, restoring tax exempt- exemptions yeah. to our disabled veterans. I mean, what could be yes, bad yeah. about that? Um, 131 is an interesting one because um, it uh, would create um, a lieutenant governor position. What do you think about well, that? Well, this one's Karen? been voted down once in quite a large majority and possibly twice before it's been on there the legislature put this on there a couple of times a lot of people on team it's sort of a to some degree it's a, it's a solution in search of a problem we have had we all know um, Governor Napolitano took a job in the Obama administration as a Democratic governor she was replaced by a Republican yes yeah and that's happened both ways it's happened a couple times you know in Arizona you know, because the, the, the Secretary of State becomes the governor but the other people have said that you do this, you're adding another person, getting a nice big state salary with no specific duties. Yeah, what it's would not they, like what the would vice president who is, the, who is you know, the United States, who is the president of the Senate and, cover, and often, depending on, may do a lot of foreign affairs and foreign things. I don't, you know, there's a question of what would this person really do beyond collect, uh, I don't know, 150000 I don't know what the salaries are these the ne- days. The next one yeah. on the list is Proposition 209, Predatory oh. Medical Debt Protection. And this would not go all the way, but it would protect your first $400,000 of your home equity. Right now, um, medical debt Mm -hmm. is responsible for two-thirds of all bankruptcy. This This would not solve the problem of medical debt, but it would certainly ameliorate it. 
And this one really is a citizen's people. initiative. It's a citizen's and initiative. And this is one, this was, they worked real hard on this uh, a couple of years ago, and they suspended, you know, the COVID pretty yeah. much de- like derailed that one. So this has been in the works by a couple of citizens groups for a number of years, and it's, it is a really good step in the right direction. You know, That's Proposition that. 209, and it's, it, one thing I will say this year that the, Compared to last year, and I did a lot of the original work uh, for uh, uh, Democratic groups uh, analyzing propositions, was that they were so misleading. At least this year, the propositions are pretty clear. I mean, uh, a yes vote means you like yeah. it, and a no vote means you don't yeah, like right, it. Yeah. Right. Right. Uh, um, then um, campaign finance disclosures, uh, Karen, oppos- uh, Proposition 211. Any. Thoughts on that one? That is another one. This is the third time for that one. The first time this group, this, and this, all this does is require a disclosure. If you spend this, a, more than $5,000 on certain kinds of campaigns within the state of Arizona, specifically, uh, particularly about the campaigns for or against propositions, yeah. you will then have to disclose where that money comes from. So you can't hide behind I'm a citizens for a better Arizona, which could be anybody. Yeah, so that if you are, you, you will have know. to disclose who's funding you, and it it applies only to large contributions. It does, and it doesn't stop anybody from spending the money. It just means if you want to spend money in certain cases, you won't be able to do it anonymously. It's anymore. also called stop dark stop money. dark money, and it know. doesn't stop all dark money, folks. It but it does take the top of the most egregious dark money. Um, um, and then, all right, there's one on post-secondary uh, oper- uh, education. Yeah. That's Proposition 308. We do recommend people go to the DOOR website. And on the front page of the DOOR uh, website, there's a kind of a, a, a rectangular box, and then there's a smaller box that will take you to their views. Now, not all Democrats agree mm-hmm. with, with, with DOOR's recommendations. Most of them are pretty close. I, the only things I've seen varying are the... The yeah. lieutenant governor position and yeah. the tax exemptions, I've seen yeah. varying viewpoints on that. For when I did reasons. it, there was, there was usually yeah. like one, one or two, two things we disagreed with this, yeah. the county party or yeah. the state party. Or something. And the Prop 308, that's when the legislature finally, after people pushing them to do this for years, that will allow undocumented residents who graduate from Arizona University, uh, high schools to go to Arizona universities and pay in-state tuition. They're still not eligible for most grants, most loans, um, scholarships in many cases because they are undocumented, but at least they will be able to pay in-state tuition and have a better chance of actually getting to university. The other, the next one is, is I think it's an excellent description of it, Karen. The uh, next one is Proposition 309, voter identification. Now, the problem with voter identification is the more things you have to do right to get voter identification, we've got two minutes left to do voter identification. The more things you have to do, the more chance you can make a mistake and the more chance they can get rid of your ballot. So please vote no on Proposition 309. Voter identification is used to keep people from voting. That's what it's used for. It's not going to protect it from somebody who's... who's un- we already talked about fire district funding. I think that that's a, a no-brainer for people to vote. Um, that's, the, that's the list of, of propositions that affect everybody. Coconino County listeners have a, a vote on a jail. Um, and 
I would almost always vote for jail propositions. I mean, it's not it's not much fun to spend your money making jails, but we do, alas, need them. Um, do we have a supreme? Uh, we we've got one minute left. All right, let's wrap it up. Um, uh, Can I give a thirty-second commercial? Sure. You got well. You got you got twenty eight seconds. Twenty eight seconds. If you live in the village of Oak Creek, that's zip code eight six three five one, you'll find my name on the ballot for oh what's my. called the Red Rock Road Enhanced Maintenance District, which is a special county district in the village. A tiny portion of our property taxes goes towards maintaining those sidewalks and medians. And if you've seen it recently, you tell they aren't particularly well maintained. No. And also the issue is the current board overseeing that has resumed the use of Roundup to take care of weeds. For years, they used a non-toxic herbicide. The city of Sedona uses a non-toxic herbicide on their medians and sidewalks. So I'm running along with Melina Furman to go back to using okay. non-toxic. Thanks, uh, thanks for being with yes. us, folks. Uh, join us next week, Democratic Perspective. Uh, Door has a breakfast coming up, I think, on the 21st. If you can listen to it online or in person, which is been listening to Democratic Perspective, brought to you by the Verde Valley Independent Democrats, a weekly talk show focusing on the political issues facing the Verde Valley, Sedona, Northern Arizona, and our nation at large. Catch us every Monday morning after the 8 a.m. news, right here on AM 780 KAZM. It's beautiful out there, folks. Have a great day.